You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Happy to have you rocking with me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. Danny Green has won his third NBA title, and we are excited about it. I'm going to give you some stats and talk about what this means for his moment in history for not only Carolina, but the NBA. Mac Brown Monday, so you know he had his press conference. Let's talk about how great it was to hear from him and what exciting things he had to share about, you know, the team, his thoughts on the Virginia Tech game, and all that good stuff. Finally, I'll talk to you about Florida State. All eyes on that game as we get ready for Saturday. What time are we playing? It has been updated, so I'll share that on today's show. So let's get right into it, shall we? Danny Green winning his third NBA title, the Los Angeles Lakers, are your 2019-2020 NBA champions. And I don't know about you, but I am low-key glad that basketball is over. I think it's, you know, for all intents and purposes, I've been trying to get back to some sort of normalcy, and it's just football time. October is full of football games, and I love covering it, but it's hard when you're trying to cover a game, watch Monday Night Football, but then you've got an NBA championship you want to tune into. There's so many options going on there, Sunday night games, what have you. It's just I really appreciate just being able to focus on one sport at a time. That's all my brain sensories overload can do. So LeBron James was named 2020 NBA Finals MVP for leading the Los Angeles Lakers to their first championship in a decade and winning the fourth title of his career with this 106-93 victory over the Miami Heat in Game 6. James, who previously won MVP MVP finals in 2012 and 2013 with the Heat and 2016 with the Cleveland Cavaliers is the first player in NBA history to win the award with three different franchises. Winning his fourth finals MVP moves him out of a tie with Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, and Shaquille O'Neal into second all-time, trailing only Jordan, who won the award six times. So I want to talk, you know, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. I think it's great for LeBron James to step into that ring. Obviously, he has the GOAT conversation is still alive and well with a former Tar Heel, Michael Jordan, and that can go on forever and always. But I just truly don't, it doesn't matter to me because I think everybody is great in their own right and they've brought a piece of the game that's important and how they play into the puzzle for everything. And whatever era you were in, that was great for you and yours. And it's just hard, but it makes for a great conversation. It makes for good hot takes and sports media, so have at it, but that's just not my lane. Now, when I think about just sports in general, it's kind of hard to not talk about a certain subject that I think is so crazy, but still it happens on a day-to-day. Rachel Nichols, who is an ESPN reporter, was first talking about Danny Green and his fiance receiving death threats following game five of the NBA Finals. And as we all know, you know, there is a gross fandom part of the side of sports. Like we all have seen people take it too far and just, you know, threatening a kid who missed a kick 
you know, in college football or somebody missed a game winning shot and receiving, you know, really mean and nasty language from people who had maybe bet on the game or a complete fan since they were three years old. And they're just so into it, engulfed in the system that they, I guess, feel like they need to be ugly towards someone who didn't get them their win. But it's completely asinine to me. <laughs> I will never understand loving sports or players so much to where you have to threaten their life over something that at the end of the day, if you know, LeBron James and the Lakers ain't writing a check over in this house. Why do you care so much? If they're not writing checks in your house and they're not, you know, eating your, making your bread and butter, making sure you can survive. I don't understand why you don't just take it for what it is, enjoy the game and then go on about your day. But there are people that take it too far and that's exactly what they did. I mean, truly, it's not that damn deep. Have a talk to your therapist about this if you are so caught up to where you have to threaten somebody's life, not only the player, but also his fiance, who has nothing to do with it. She can't talk to Danny anymore and get him. She can't go out there and dribble. Why do you even put her in the conversation? Why do you even know who she is? Why are you looking that up? Like, there's so many questions that I have that I might probably never get the answer to, but it just seems so ridiculous to me. And I think. You know, everyone wanted them to win on Mamba Night because it was honoring Kobe, and I get the sentiment, but you just knew that was set up for, like, if you have any kind of pessimistic side to you, it just wasn't going to happen, right? You know, the Heat were playing well. They were playing good as a team, and they were trying to be in the conversation, right? They did not want to get swept, swept. That's totally fine. And I think it's honestly better that they didn't win because on the night that you wear Kobe, it's more about Kobe and trying to celebrate him, which is all well and good, but it takes away from LeBron James and the team. So I think having his own title, wearing the white jerseys, that's his moment. That's LeBron's, you know, ego and 80s ego, all that good stuff. That's their own time to shine. And we can just leave it at that and we can go on about our business and everyone's happy. So Miami gave it all they had. I, I truly want to congratulate them because they played the hell out of that series. And, you know, the law of averages tells us that it was damn near impossible for Jimmy Butler to play 48 minutes, well, 47 minutes, 30 seconds again. But he, you can only do that so much. You can only play so elite for so long. And you can only play against LeBron James at the high level without help for so long. And, you know, Bam Adebayo, he was great for however long he was in. You know, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, they all did a great job. But it's just, it's not LeBron and AD. <laughs> right? Like, we expected them to win this series. I'm glad they put up a fight, but it pretty much... We all knew what was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. So I think, you know, as all that to say, Danny Green, love him. Glad he got his ring. Glad he doesn't have to deal with, you know, these crazy fans anymore. You know, third, uh, it's his third franchise getting a ring, just like LeBron James. So I want to give you guys a little piece of history about what this all means in him making this. He won an NBA title for a second consecutive year, so back to back with his third different franchise. So he's won one with the Spurs, with the Toronto Raptors, and now with the Lakers. Green joins LeBron James as the only player in NBA history to start for three different franchises that won NBA championships. So being a starter, that also helps. Danny Green and LeBron James join Robert Horry and John Sally as the only players in NBA history to win championships with at least three franchises. And Green is a sixth Tar Heel to win at least three NBA championships. UCLA and USF, University of San Francisco, are next on that list with three players with at least three NBA titles. And we all know some great uh, Lakers, James Worthy. You know, I'm just saying. If you're thinking about Mike, um, excuse me, Mitch, Mitch Kupchik, also with the Lakers. So, you know, Rick Fox, 
Okay, Laker, Laker history and Carolina have some good juju in there. But UNC has six players with at least three NBA championships. Michael Jordan, Rick Fox, Danny Green, Mitch Kupchik, Scott Williams, and James Worthy. Green is one of the 17 Tar Heels to win an NBA championship as a player. Those 17 Tar Heels have combined to win 35 NBA championships, and those are the mo- more than any other school. UCLA is second with 34. The next closest ACC school is Louisville, who have players combined to win 10 rings. Green is tied for fourth all-time with 59 three-pointers in NBA Finals history. Now, why that's important for you think about now, solidifying your staple and your moment in history, it helps with recruiting. You know, everyone talks about Carolina and they have these rough patches and we can't get the top guys and we're not really going on this one and done track. But I'm saying if you have guys who are committed to the program, committed to great legacy, why not take your talents over to Chapel Hill? Because uh, listen, hello, as we see, it works and it's effective. Yes, you might not be the star player, but you are a role player. And if you know your role and play it well, you still get a ring just like everybody else. LeBron and Danny get the same ring. I know people are going to have this argument about what you did, how much you contributed. Fine. At the end of the day, when I put on my resume, same ring, same title, all that good stuff, right? Cut the check either way, period. (laughs) So congrats to Danny. I'm really happy for him again. I think it's a great opportunity to show and and highlight just how much greatness that is Carolina basketball. And if you want to take a trip, I just, I need you to go see the Carolina Museum and make sure you check out that history of all Carolina basketball. You can see some of the Refla trophies and just see the greatness and all the jerseys, all that good stuff over in Chapel Hill. And if you're going to drive there, make sure you get checked by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will market bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Make sure you follow, download, and subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast. You can do that from anywhere. Leave me a review. Make sure you drop those five stars. I need that. That's how I get by. That's how I get paid. I'm trying to tell you. Just a little download never hurt nobody. Now, I want to talk about Mac Brown and his press conference. He has Mac Mondays, as we all know and love. And he, you know, raved about the fact that we got the win. But he was still hard on the team because he likes for us to be in the conversation of being nationally known and nationally respected. And I'm not sure he quite thinks that we are there yet as a consistent basis. So let's have that conversation, all right? Mac Brown says that rankings are good for recruiting. It's great for back bragging rights, but still doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It was the first time Mac Brown said he will even look at polls will be in November when the college football committee releases, you know, who are going to be in the top four so far. So I think when the Big Ten get in the conversation and we actually see what they're going to do, will Ohio State get to rolling fresh out of the gate? You know, will these guys and, you know, the per- the random Purdue's of the world actually be worth the damn? Like, that's when you can truly say, is Carolina still in the conversation? And Pac-12 and Oregon and those kind of schools getting in there. Can Carolina still take this number five ranking? Is it respected? A lot of, a lot of people are, you know, scratching their head. How did Carolina get up top? But the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the 3-0, and it's an ugly 3-0, mind you, but hey, 
that's a different Carolina than we're used to seeing. I know Carolina fans personally, we have always been the team that just couldn't get over the hump and we're getting over humps week after week. So three humps were already over and it's just a matter of time. A lot of people were, you know, hating on me when I said we we're going to 11 and 0 this season. They didn't think that I was going to be that we were going to be able to get that we were going to be able to get it done. And yet and still, we got over to me one of the two hardest humps to get over which would be Virginia Tech, and I think to come will be Notre Dame. And once we do that, oh, we get money. That's, that's, that's absolutely nothing. We in there. So I think it's all about managing expectations for the players, though. You know, tell them the truth. That's what Mac Brown said. It's so important to tell these guys the truth. As he mentions all the time, it's so much easier to coach guys when they are winning because they will take it in. They will actually listen, and they will receive your feedback. And those guys are doing it. They don't have these, you know, heads blown. There's no egos in the room. Like, no big, oh, we got these Jordan swag. We're good. Now we're winning. Like, I think the guys – truly want to be what they say they're about. And I appreciate that because, again, it's been a long time coming. I've been around a lot of Carolina football players who probably had the ego but not quite the skill set, okay? So we just glad it's all blurring together nicely. (laughs) An overview of his press conference, feeling like the team is making progress, that winning definitely helps, that they're playing playing good as a collective offensively he thinks that there has been great balance he you know praised Sam Howell for having a great game saying that he is a perfectionist he even got down on himself saying you know he missed that pass to De'Ami Brown and it wasn't as perfect as he thought it you know he didn't have a great game to himself but that just shows you know true leadership when you're still trying to get you know have that perfect game and if you don't you're able to identify you know key things that you can still do to get better he loved the O-line saying that by far they played their best game dominated the line of scrimmage against Virginia Tech. They only had one sack, three drops, and he really loved the fact that you can pick out the tough parts of the offensive game for the day. Like, when you only find four plays that you wish you could have back, that makes for a solid day. There were no turnovers on offense, and when they went down to that red zone, they scored, and that is key. Getting points, getting them seven points is always critical. Three is cool, but seven is always better. Defensively, he was tough. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Defense, he had he had some words to say about defense, and we're gonna we're gonna cover those boys over there on that side of the ball. He said, you know, holding Virginia Tech to only 260 yards, which you know everyone else has been holding or can only do 300 plus, is not something he necessarily is proud of but he'll take it you know even brown knows that hendon hooker should be the main quarterback i talked about that yesterday how a lot of people were confused and scratching their head how burmeister was in there for a long time and hendon would come in in the second quarter then he'd be out and then he would come back in and just wasn't really inconsistent it helped us in the long run that's for sure but i think had he played that entire game we would be having a different conversation (laughs) today he felt like the third quarter felt as if the team stayed on the field entirely too long, which I agree, you're giving up opportunities. You're lacking depth. You're having your your main players stay on defense too, too out there too long, having to get those plays. But the coaching staff and he don't necessarily trust the young guys yet. So learning to trust those younger guys so your main players can get rest. So when it's time for fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter, and you have to get in those trenches, they have fresher legs. So also, listen. I think Mag and I just have this vision together. We just see things the same. I don't know what it is, but not getting those turnovers, not forcing turnovers on defense, very much a work in progress. And I think that is what takes a team from good to elite is when you can capitalize on the other team's mistakes. He was 
pissed about them penalties. Ten penalties for th- over ten penalties for three straight weeks, and you cannot be considered a disciplined team with that many penalties. And I agree, you can't be sitting here, you know, huff, priding yourself chest out when you can't even control your emotions during a game. Right? You saw Daz Newsom with some penalties, and you saw guys who offensive pass interference, or yeah, offensive pass interference. And De'Ami Brown, I don't necessarily agree with that call, but. You know, offensive holding, again, it's just so many things that when you look back at it, you're like, okay, ACC rest on ACC rest, and that's fine. But there are things that Carolina definitely had to fix and still need to get in order in order for us to be successful. Now, my players of the game that Mac uh, announced were the offensive line, the entire offensive line, which, again, had the greatest game that they've had so far. Kyler McMichael, who was exceptional on defense, all considering that he was only a special teams member. And Jonathan Kim, who was a special teams person or player of the game. He was most proud, Mac Brown, of the fourth quarter, held the ball for 10 minutes, was able to capitalize on rushing yards. Total yards for Carolina was 203, while only 77 for Virginia Tech. Offense did a great job of slowing down the game without slowing down momentum, which is so key and critical, right? Because, again, you want to be able to keep your team in it without you know, slowing out down their rhythm, but making sure you don't do it so fast that you give your opponent the opportunity to score. And Virginia Tech clearly was doing that, and they were good money every time they touched that ball. So, especially in that second half. So, I appreciate, you know, Phil Long on the, getting those guys ready and prepared. And, you know, I really think it's because they started out their morning with Bill Bar. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Bill Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health-conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Final words of today. Again, make sure you are downloading, subscribing to Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the daily podcast where you get to talk about Carolina athletics, mainly football and basketball, but all that in between because we are the University of National Champions, so there's always good things to share. Now we have some game times that we are excited about because, again, I am a primetime girl and I need some primetime action, and that is what Carolina is doing on Saturday on ABC at 7.30 against Florida State. So Florida State will take on the Carolina Tar Heels at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Thoughts and prayers to Coach Bowden that Coach Mac Brown mentioned was going through, had been hospitalized, and he spoke highly of Coach Bowden and how he had 14 years of success in the top five and what a lot of college programs dream about, just being elite for a long period. And do you think that Carolina will get there? And I personally... Maybe. I think it really depends on who Mac's successor is. Because we as we know, you can't nobody can coach forever. <laughs> Especially in these crazy times we're in right now. Any it's just I'm happy to have Mac for as long as we can have him. I'm enjoying being back on the national stage again. Two years that Mac's been here and we're already talking about top ten UNC football. I didn't think that that was going to happen. I know a lot of people were doubting Mac's return. I was kind of thinking, eh. Let's not bring Mac back. Let's try something different. We need some fresh eyes on this thing. But knowing what I know about Mac Brown now, 
I am eating my words and I'm so glad that he's here. I hope he never leaves and lifetime contract. I feel in the real Roy Williams energy over here. Mac has, you know, has a place in my heart. <laughs> this is a Mac Brown stand account. So any Mac Brown slander is not tolerated on this show, but he praised coach Bowden and, you know, obviously Carolina hopes to be of that kind of consistent top five success that we are trying to get there, right? Hopefully next year with Sam still having another year on his belt, he'll be a junior and maybe he'll stay for a senior, maybe not. But either way it goes, we just want consistent people in there making sure Carolina stays on top. Now, when he talked about Coach Noble and the current Florida State team, he said that he was actually going to hire him as a coordinator at Texas, and he was the next great young coach, still still thinks very highly of him, and thinks that FSU has some of the best skill players on uh, college in college programs, and more importantly, he feels like they had a really tough go um, these first couple games out of the season, and I think he's being very humble and very generous and very polite because... I think Florida State stinks, and I think that they have – I'm all the bad juju I'm sending to them because I don't like the way they treated Coach Taggart. I think it was absolutely asinine, and every time they lose, I feel like he's just sitting there counting his money. <laughs> but, you know, they almost lost to – what was it, Jacksonville State University, and they've just been having a rough, rough season. And, again, I hope they had the roughest season and they continue having rough seasons because I just don't appreciate when you don't give – coaches time to really get programs turned around through all the craziness and foolishness that Jim Fish Jimbo Fisher seemed to have left but that's that on that and I will not um, be any more ugly towards it so that's my piece on Florida State so as you see as I talk about Florida State this week it's gonna get real spicy just so you know <laughs> but we also have some game updates UNC will face NC State um, on November November on October 24th at high noon. So October 24th, Carolina versus State game will be at noon. I'm sure there'll be more fans by then as we're progressing to get more people back in stadiums as long as they are following protocols and all that good stuff. And as we saw on Saturday, it was a success against Virginia Tech and we'll keep rolling with Florida State. And then we will be watching Carolina take on those Wolfpack. But that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you come back tomorrow because we have some good things to continue talking about. We want to break down, you know, Florida State and just what is going to be what we're up against you know they've had some craziness going on down there in Tallahassee so let's talk about that tomorrow and what are they saying over there what are their game notes how are they prepping for the Tar Heels so do your part stay safe make sure you have a great Tuesday and as always go Heels you are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.